trying to make it right These people won't let me go I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Let me grow, let me go Let me grow, let me go They should know, they should know They should know, they should know I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro into how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, Laura Rubin. Laura, who uses she, her pronouns, is the founder of All Swell and a creative coach. Journaling expert Laura Rubin is the founder of Allswell, a company dedicated to fostering analog expressions of creativity as a means of supporting mental well-being. As a corporate refuge and successful entrepreneur, leading her own marketing consultancy for a decade and a half, Rubin is equally comfortable navigating boardrooms and working with groups of creatives. A published journalist and editor, she recognized the power that the writing process provides when applied to the self. Rubin initially launched Allswell with a series of blank, write, draw, notebooks as an antidote to digital overwhelm. From media companies to high visibility consumer brands, Ruben now leads workshops and provides coaching to help organizations and individuals become healthier, happier, and more visionary. Hello. Hello. That sounds pretty good, right? You sound great. You are (laughs) killing it out here. (laughs) Thank you. One of the things that's um, really remarkable about getting older, and I enjoy almost everything about getting older, is it We've done a few things. I've actually done some stuff and the bio just keeps getting longer. You know, mm-hmm. you're like a fully developed person. You've done things. You've had life, <laughs> you've done life, life experiences. Yeah. What a time. Yeah. I, yeah, we, so we met recently through doing that, that panel, no, that Instagram live with Jen about journaling. Um, and you called me like a veteran journalist and I felt very seen because <laughs> I am very much like a write things down, work things out, like on paper. Like I'm currently like making lists of like things I need to do later today. Like that's like how I am very like a tactile person. Like I have to be able to like cross things off and write things out. And yes, I'm a person with very big feelings. And so journaling has always been a way for me to get those feelings out and to process things. And like I mentioned on the live when we had with Jen, like I started journaling when I was really young, like probably 10 or 12 Um, But then I used it as part of my therapy when I was older as a way to like write letters that I never intended to send. Like I was actually going through my office last night and like a whole notebook of letters that I have written to people and just never sent them. So I'm very excited to chat with you about all swell and journaling and just life and yeah. (laughs) Honored to be here truly. And you know, you're my people, right? Like you get the power, the transformative, cathartic power of putting pen to paper, particularly now in this overwhelmingly connected digital age, it's never been more important to have a simple analog practice of cracking a notebook and grabbing a pen. It's, um, 
a space that is unique in our current environment. Yeah. And I think about like, I'm always talking about like accessibility. And I think that was when Jen brought us up to like talk about the sustainability of having a journal and, and it didn't really click for me until you had us describe like our favorite body of water and like how quickly I was transported there and thinking about this last year of, you know, being in lockdown and then being back out in the world. And like now personally, like transitioning back into lockdown because Austin's in stage five, but thinking of how accessible journaling is when you like take the time to do it. Like, I think a lot of the time people think if you're writing, you have to like have all these thoughts and do all these things, but you made it super simple. Like for our first task of like just writing items of like the five things you're grateful, like things you're grateful for through the five senses. And it was just like, (laughs) just just like it's such a a, an easy thing when you think about it but if you don't let your brain go to like the simplicity of just reflection in journaling uh I'm I'm still speechless thinking about it because it was just like something I would have never like even really thought of I'm so glad you enjoyed that and that's a big piece of what I try to instill with all of the workshops and everything we do that uh journaling will help you feel good. It will elevate your mood. It will curb depression. It will curb PTSD. All of these things are available to you by the simple act of putting pen to paper. And that speaks to the accessibility point you were making earlier, that there's a lot of stigma for folks around finding a therapist, seeing a therapist. Not everybody has health insurance. Not everybody has the funds to be able to access mental health professionals, let alone acupuncturists, massage therapists, et cetera, et cetera. But this idea of a a piece of paper and a pen that's widely available and also extremely useful. So that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about being an advocate for journaling because of its innate accessibility. You don't need to have a special outfit, you know, like like group yoga classes can be extremely intimidating because of like how you feel about your body relative to other people. Well, all of that goes right out the window when it's just you and a pad of paper. Yeah. That, I think that's, and I think I said this on the, on the live when we talked about it, like I love yoga when I can do it by myself. Like I'm never going to go to a yoga class. And that's exactly why, like I'm not as good as the other people at yoga, right? Like I don't have a quote, like yoga body. And like, what does that even mean? And, and I think my form of therapy has always been like talking it out or writing it out or letting my like brain kind of wander off about it. And so, yeah, I think you're absolutely right of like just the accessibility of, of also like doing a thing you don't have to share, right? Like if you think about yoga, you are literally putting yourself in a somewhat place of judgment. Cause like your yoga instructor will, instructor will come over and like, try to help you get back in alignment or what have you. But with journaling, you can just write. And if you decide to share it, great. And if not, that's also valid. And yeah. Well, okay. A couple of things. First of all, I would be doing everybody who has ever met you or seen you a massive disservice. If I don't say you are gorgeous and beautiful as you are. Thank you. And this concept of a yoga body is hilariously outmoded and outdated. You know what a yoga body is? It's a body doing yoga. That is it. Okay. So like, let's please like purge some of that toxic archetypal stuff out of the conversation right here, right now. And that programming runs 
deep. I understand, but at least like, let's try to support each other in that here and now. Okay. Fair. Fair, fair. Yes. And then I think also part of, um, I think the, the, the yoga class analogy that's so helpful and instructive is this idea of, am I, am I doing it right? Am I doing it as well as other people? And like, I can be, I'm, I, there's a visibility to it. And actually what I found that was so interesting was, you know, like you, I'm a lifelong journaler. It's a really natural, innate, safe place for me. And when I started All Swell, it was really just a passion project and a way to encourage more people to come to the page. But what I found out by having the products in the marketplace and interacting with the, the marketplace was hearing from consumers that they didn't know how to journal, that they were intimidated, that they thought they were doing it badly or that, they, that other people were doing it better and correctly. And so it actually isn't that far off from, this, from the analogy you were making in terms of a yoga class. And that's where I realized there was a vacuum that I could potentially fill and where the workshops came through was that intention of trying to bring people out of all of those expectations and help them connect to their own voice without all of that judgment, because that's what a journal is there for, to be able to really tune in to your innate personal voice. And when um, people, I mean, I hear it all, right? I hear it all. This idea of having to sound like Anais Nin or Joan Didion or Toni Morrison, like, and if you don't write that well, then there's no point in doing it. That's insane. That's insane. You don't need to, you don't need to sound like Maya Angelou. You just need to sound like you. That is what the journal is there for. And to your point, there is no third party reader. Nobody else ever needs to see this unless you choose to show piece of a piece of it because you're motivated to, because you're inspired to. It's a place it's just for you. Hmm. Yeah. So I've been journaling more since our workshop because, <laughs> because it, it really has been such a release. Like I just gave my notice at my job because I'm going back into consulting full time, which is congratulations. Thank you. It's exciting and scary, but it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Um, but I wrote one of my journaling props to myself the other day was writing a letter to my future self. And I did like five years from now and just like getting it out and just, just letting my wildest dreams be reality, like manifesting it and speaking into existence in a form of a future letter. And it was, I like cried after I was like, you are worthy of good things. Good things are happening. You are allowed to like have these really large dreams. And I think about also like the healthy escapism that journaling can bring. Like, I think a lot of people, especially this last year of um, living in quarantine and, and, and being inside, I was listening to a Glennon Doyle podcast about how a lot of us have been escaping into addiction or into habits that aren't really healthy. And she made the point of how, like, when we are consuming or over-consuming substances like alcohol, if we slip back into drugs or, you know, as people who will relapse into like eating disorders, um, it's a form of control and escapism. And it's what we know that may not be healthy for us, but it's like the only thing we know how to control. And so like me, I've been trying to like find like healthy escapism. So I've been doing like vision boards and like dreams and like business plans. And, and I think a lot of the time, like journaling can be like, you're saying it can just be such a mood lifter. Like, like if I have really bad anxiety, I will just go and write. And just, even if it's just like 
doodling on the page or just making a list of things I can see, but like just putting pen to paper and like just being able to like busy myself in that form of like not harming myself. I'm not harming others. And I'm just putting energy into a thing that I can focus on for as much time as I need to, um, has been really beneficial. And I've been doing your four by four by four Uh and I've been really loving it. And it's just like so simple and easy and just, yeah, I just, I just have been thinking about you all week in in preparation for this. I'm honored. That's amazing. Why don't we, why don't we share with your listeners what four by four by four is? So um, for folks that who have said to me, like they just don't know where to start and they're overwhelmed at the task of journaling, I recommend what I call four by four by four. And I suggest start with four minutes a day, try to do it four days a week and try to stick with it for four weeks straight. And if you fall off the wagon, you do not have to start the clock over. It's okay. Just bring your intention and attention back to the practice and keep going. Nobody's tracking this. It's just there as a container for you, this four by four by four. Additionally, I like the four minutes because who doesn't have four minutes for themselves, right? I shared, I believe with you that um, a woman who was in one of my workshops recently, who's a mother of three and an artist, the only time that she could find to journal was after she dropped off her kids and she would lean against the steering wheel and, and, um, and write at a stop sign. You know, but the point is she got it in, she found where she, you know, she was pulled over and parked, but this idea that like she figured out like where the little four minute pocket was that she could do. Now, if you have more than four minutes and you reach that four minute timer and you want to keep going, roll right through that stop sign and keep going. Like you can, you can continue to write. You can write for five minutes. You can write for 10 minutes. You can write for 12 minutes, but just start with, with the commitment that you'll write for four and see how it goes. Yeah. And when you, when you bought up that mom the first time, I, I immediately went back to when I used to nanny because I had a, I had one mom, the mom that I nannied for, who was just, so she had three kids and she was so busy. And I would constantly tell her, cause I grew up in a very like, take your time for yourself family, like but a lot of good boundaries in my family and would always be like taking time for yourself. Isn't selfish. And so for her to find that four minutes a day to just for her to be able to do that, I'm like, yes, get, get in where you fit in, find what works for you. But yeah, I, I just, again, the accessibility of journaling, of being able to just be able to take time aside, even if it's like, like you're saying just four minutes, but like you're saying everyone has four minutes and yeah, I I just, I just feel like more people should be journaling. Like, I think everyone should be in therapy, but I also think everyone should be journaling. Like, that's, oh, for sure. Oh, that's for where sure. my brain goes. Oh, for sure. And, and whether, and you should be journaling, even if you're in therapy Truly. and even if you're not, uh, it really is remarkable to see also um, the number of public figures that aren't necessarily ones that you would expect to journal. Um, Serena Williams is a big proponent of journaling. Um, Richard Branson makes his to-do list every morning. Um, Ben Franklin was a journaler. It really is pretty amazing to see like this wide expanse of, of, um, of public figures that, um, have kind of come out as journalers. Yeah. So can you take us through like what all swell does? Like what yeah. is your, what does your day-to-day look like? Cause I think oh this God. is just like such a beautiful, and not to be like existentially like every day, but like, what is, <laughs> how did you make this your career? Cause I think it's such a beautiful gift that you've like given people permission to essentially like take care of yourself more. Yes. Um, 
As I mentioned, I started it very much as a passion project. It initiated with the products first. Mm -hmm. And I, at the time I was running a a marketing uh, and communications agency that I founded and I was working with really incredible for purpose brands and creatives and athletes, mostly in the um, environmental and surf wellness space. And I loved what I did, but it had been a while doing this work and I needed something of my own where I didn't need client approval where I could have myself my own creative expression and uh, for me journaling has again been something that's a lifelong resource and I felt like journaling in general really needed to like a rebrand and I hope that through just like some simple well-designed gender-neutral products that were produced domestically that I could start that conversation, you know, culturally, just begin it right as one reference point. But one thing led to another and the workshops um, started just being clearly evidently necessary for folks. And so I layered that in. And um, it was through journaling that I realized this business that I had that I had set out to found and grow and nurture. And I had what I thought was everything I wanted. I was bi-coastal. I had these incredible clients that I truly believed in. I had um, a, a 15 people on my staff and it, it, it looked great, but I realized only through journaling that, oh wait, that goal that I had, that I attained, that I really enjoyed doesn't serve me anymore. I grew out of my goal, but I only knew that from journaling by getting in touch with what actually felt right for me and giving myself the permission to say, okay, you know what, this side project that as a garden, I have not been weeding or watering or really paying attention to it, but it's growing. I wonder if I have the temerity to actually turn my attention in this direction, what could happen? Mm-hmm. People thought I was crazy. I slowly wound down my business, got my clients um, set up with other resources, got uh, the people that I worked with that worked for me redeployed, chose a coast because going back and forth and all that overhead was expensive, picked a team and pushed the boat out. And it was really scary. Back in the day when I would meet people and I would tell them what I did, they leaned in, they thought it was so cool, they wanna hear more. And then it took me a few years to get comfortable with even telling people what I did. I'm, I lead journaling workshops. It's Mm. so amorphous. I'm a New Yorker. It sounds woo woo and fey and flaky. And I really had to take some time getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. And it's grown in such beautiful ways because I've paid attention to it. And I have had to do for myself. I've had to walk the talk, right? Mm. I've had to continually put myself in positions that were very, very uncomfortable because I'm asking other people to be creatively expressed in ways that, t- that are taking risks and being authentic. And I have to do the same. There's so much I need to talk about now. Um, this, this, you grew out of your goal, which is why I was like taking naps, for, naps, taking notes ferociously. Um, the grew out of your goal is exactly how I'm feeling right now. Like the job I just gave my notice for is a job I have dreamed about for six years and I have it. 
And now I'm here and I'm like, eh. like mm-hmm. <laughs> I have mm-hmm. it and it's what I always wanted. But this side garden of my consulting business that I haven't been nurturing and haven't paying attention to is flourishing. Like I was talking to one of my really good friends who is an, who also is a freelancer. And I was like, I think I want to go back into consulting full time. And she's like, I don't understand why you ever stopped. And I was like, well, steady paycheck and health insurance because we live in a capitalistic society. Um, but now like thinking over this last year, I've probably done like 20 to 30 trainings or workshops or things. And that was people finding me. Like that was me putting absolutely no effort into this company I work for myself. And I'm like, imagine if I actually put an effort how much more successful it would be. And I like want a commercial and like I've, I've been doing all these different things now, but that like imposter syndrome that also sneaks in, like you're talking about being from New York, I'm from Connecticut. So I feel you very deeply of like, I can, tend, I can perfectly describe like my full-time job right now is I do fundraising for a nonprofit that does racial justice work. Me trying to explain on the other side of like, I do consulting, but my consulting is like diversity, equity, inclusion trainings, but I also do public speaking and motivational speaking, but I also like people can also hire me to like be an MC or host. Like that's just like such a, like having, like trying to explain that, like you're saying is like, I feel like an imposter. Then I feel like sort of fake. And I'm like, wait, what am I doing? I'm like, no, stay the course. You see the vision. It's going to happen. But I came to all this, like through journaling the last few weeks of like, what do you want to see? What do you, what do you want? to grow this out into what are you open to doing? And, you know, when I first decided to give my notice, it was like two weeks ago. Um, and then I actually did it this past week and literally, I believe in manifestation. And that's, why I think I also write things down a lot just to be able to see how far I've come. But the minute I gave my notice, an email came in about a business like proposition. I was like, okay, well, mm-hmm. it's, it's happening, but yeah. I just, as a, I think as a woman entrepreneur and as a woman who's trying to make it out on her own, I just identified so much with that of what success is quote supposed to look like. And like, when you're, when you're able to go off that beaten path and, and allow yourself and give yourself permission to be, to just be wild and what can, what can come oh, be that. authentic. Yeah. Right. And, and, and be in alignment with your true self. And and part of why I think journaling is so crucially important is that we have so much programming, right? And some of it's really well-intentioned. It's coming from people who love us, people who care about us, our culture, our um, sometimes our religion, our region, Mm -hmm. what have you, right? There's so much programming. And um, how do we divest ourselves of that, peel that programming back and listen in to our own head and heart? because it's tough. Like, even if you're talking to a friend, your friend has a bias. Maybe the bias is towards, you know, in your favor, but they still have at least one bias in terms of like how they are experiencing what you're saying. And so this idea of being able to tap into, well, wait, this thing that I, that I worked so hard for that, that this job that I always wanted this, you know, this, um, this experience that I've worked towards, maybe, maybe I've now done that and that's great. And now it's time for the next thing and that's okay. 
And I have been able to use journaling as my gut check over and over again. And this is true with like when it's time to move, when it's time to pivot, when it's time to, you know, really take a dive into a relationship with somebody, when it's time to, you know, graciously move on from a relationship, whether it's a friendship or a romantic one or what have you, because where do you actually like connect with what's true for you? Not in the hall of mirrors that is social media, that's for sure. The hall of mirrors for sure. Yeah. I think one of the two of the things that's really been sitting that I've been sitting with the last year after I've so I'm like obsessed with Glennon Doyle. I feel like she's just really killing it these days. I love her. I love her podcast. I love her and Abby. Um, but reading and Unta- well, listening to Untamed last year, I was in this very big transition of my life of I was at a job I hated, but I wasn't willing to leave because we we're in a pandemic. Um, Austin was starting to feel a little weird for me. Like, do I want to live here forever? Do I want to move again? Um, and she has a chapter on knowing. And it's just, why do we go outside of ourselves to ask people questions we already know the answers to? True story. And I think that's what journaling, like you're saying, has bought to me. Is like, it is a place where I can just dump ideas and see what happens and then go back later and be like, how am I, how am I still feeling about that? Like, mm-hmm. is it feeling the same? Can I work through that a little bit more? And, you know, the, and that's what brought me to this career change of like, success isn't linear. And I think for me, success in fundraising was like getting like there was like notches and boxes I needed to check off and I've done all that and I sit back and I'm like I have such a problem with contentment and just feeling like you should be grateful for where you are and just like be okay with that like I am a very big dreamer I've always had super like large goals and large dreams but as I've gotten older and I've gotten you know a little bit more hesitant because you know (laughs) we got bills to pay Um, but now I'm kind of like this last year, I'm like, life is too short. What are the things you want to do? Write them down, see what happens. And, and I think like you're like journaling has just really just opened and opened up my, my space to dream and want to, to do all those things. Oh, I'm so grateful to hear that. You know, I, I really do believe that our lives are creative act and we are every day presented with an opportunity to decide what it's going to look like. Now, granted, there are things that happen that are difficult, um, that are, that are challenging. We lose loved ones. We get ill. We deal with loss of job, loss of, um, comfort or safety. All of that's real. And it can also be simultaneously real that within all of that, there's also opportunity to create and and maximize our joy and maximize our imagination and maximize like our purpose here on this planet in this lifetime in this moment and that is for me one of the reasons why I journal I recognize that that's not you know we're talking about varsity level right Mm -hmm. that's not the starting point for everybody and that's okay and that's why I try to create activities for folks that are a little bit more gentle as an entry point that feel really good, like the gratitude list using all five senses, tastes, uh, sights, textures, scents, et cetera, that you are grateful for because it engages all the senses. It makes you feel really yummy and good. Gratitude is a superpower, as you know. So it helps actually like boost your brain. And that's a really simple, effective entry point, particularly if you do it on a regular basis. Now, as you get more and more into this practice, 
it will become more and more readily available to you to tap into that innate voice because you are invoking it more frequently and see what it has to say, see where it leads you, see what, see what it wants, see what's interesting to you. Where are you curious in your life and move towards those things? Mm-hmm. That where are you, cur- where are you curious in life is like really sparking something in me. Like, so three years ago, I was having a conversation with friends about like being creatives and I was like, Oh, I'm not a creative person. And they, uh, all look, and they all looked at me like, are you, mm. are you serious right now? Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not like, they're like, Brie, they're like, you have a podcast, you do all these things, you speak to people. And I was like, I've always thought of creativity as like a tangible thing. And so like to think of it now outside of that, that space and for people to journal and be like, like you're saying like, just what are you curious about? Like, and getting outside of like, like we were talking about with yoga, like everyone is, a. you said everyone is a creative, like you, everyone is a creator in some way. And you said that on the, on the, on the uh, Instagram live that we did, but years ago, I would have never been able to accept that. Like two, three years ago, I'd be like, I'm not a creative. Like I would have been very put off by that. Just cause I think it's like we were saying before, all these preconceived notions of like, what is success? What is X, Y, and Z and that comparison. And that, yeah. So that, that, that really sparked something in me. Cause I think even when Jen was saying it too, like Jen's like, I'm not like varsity level. And you're like, it's okay. You were starting where you were starting and you will get to where you're supposed to get. And it, it's just like that we're saying that comparison of where you are and, and the fact that like when you journal, you don't have to do that. You can just be as whoever you are on the page, um, I think is really important too. Oh yeah. Comparison is the poison to creativity. The thief of joy. Yes. Really. And this idea that we're comparing our journaling practice to the imagined journaling practice of somebody else is fruitless. There's nothing there for us. And that's why I try to tell people that you don't have to journal like me. I'm telling you how I journal. So it may inspire or spark some ideas for you to explore and experience. All I want is for you to journal like you. Yeah. And I think that's why. So I got your, your cards. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate the support. (laughs) They came in last week and I've been obsessed with them and I'm gonna challenge myself to both not only write, which I can do all day, but I don't to my, the, the thing I've told myself is I am not an artist in the way of like drawing. So one of the things I'm doing myself this year is like challenging myself because I'm very much like, I'm a perfectionist, which I know progress over perfection and all that great stuff, but I am very avoidant. Like if I know something I'm not good at, I just won't do it. Cause I like obsess over it. And so this year I was like, just take four minutes. We're going to add four minutes of drawing into your day. Does you don't have to show anyone. It's not for anyone, but you to challenge yourself and grow that way. And like tomorrow I'm going to play golf with a friend for the first time. I've just been wanting to learn how to play golf and I think about that too, of like, this is just a space for you to start challenging yourself a little bit more. And that is okay. And it's not for anyone, but for you and just getting out of that, like mindscape of you cannot do something. And it's like, you can, and it might not be as good as someone else's, but you don't have to compare that to anybody else. Yeah. I mean, first of all, if I only enjoyed things that I was great at, that would be a really boring life. Mm -hmm. And there is this idea that we sort of lost along the way where there's this like in we we need to be comfortable with being a novice you don't have to have mastery of 
every single thing. You do not have to be the, like the Michael Jordan of journaling. It's okay. You know, this idea that we're supposed to be amazing at everything is so flawed. And unfortunately it keeps people from trying things and giving things a, a go. And that's so much of what I hope to instill in the all swell community and anybody who um, touches what we do is to take a creative risk. And for you, I'm so impressed and proud of you for trying drawing. Now you can try it and you can decide I'm not that into it. And you officially have my permission to not keep doing it. And maybe you want to come back to it another time. Maybe you don't. It's cool. But I do the same thing, right? I'm not a visual artist. And sometimes I like to explore the act of drawing because it's so foreign for me. Mm -hmm. And so I actually have less judgment around it because I don't, I'm not imposing this. Like I'm supposed to be good at this thing to drawing. Right. And it's a, it's a nice place to just play, just play and playing that idea of just like giving yourself permission is really a rich space from which to create. And that's true, not just in terms of like art or things of that nature create, I mean, the creative energy with which you bring to your life, to your relationships, to your business, to your, to all of your communications. Mm. I'm going to try it. <laughs> I'm going to try it. I am so see. excited to hear how it goes. I'm excited to see what it looks like for sure. <laughs> Cause it's, 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 I know myself and I will just, I just like, I have to just give it a try. It's not for anyone, but for me, I'm trying to really lean into this is the one life you get. So let's just do everything. We can try everything once and go from there. And, and it's funny. Cause like, I'm such an adventurous person. Like I'll try any food once I will go on a random trip to any place, but like to do things where I just feel like I won't be good at it. I'm like, eh. but I'm, I'm working through it this year. This is the year where I, <laughs> this, this changes for sure. What a beautiful time. Not a moment too soon. Not a moment too soon. Well, it has been such a joy to chat with you. I will be sure to link all your things in the show notes. I see that people can sign up for your newsletter. They can follow you on Instagram. So I'll be sure to link all of that in the show notes when the show comes out. Um, but at the end of every episode, I like to ask my guests a final question to kind of end on a high note or have a palate cleanser. Um, and that question is, what is the best advice you were ever given? Or what is a piece of advice you would give to your younger self? I have benefited from so many incredible mentors and teachers and guides in my life, but the best piece of advice that I've been given and can give is trust your gut, go out there, listen, learn, but ultimately trust your gut, tune into your internal sense of wisdom. That's it for this week's episode of the tea with Bree. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the tea with Bree. Send me an email at the tea with Brie at gmail.com and visit the website, the tier three podcast.com. Don't forget to rate review and subscribe on Apple podcast or wherever you get your podcasts, a special thanks to mama Duke for our theme music. And I'll talk to y'all next week. Bye. <laughs>